right, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. We are doing What Would You Do, where we talk about professional standards and ethics committee cases and violations. Here with me today is the one and only Rachel Real. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Jen. Are you ready for this one? Let's. I'm <laughs> excited. I, feel I know like you are. You've been in a fight mood lately. Do we need? I, I kind of am. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I. <laughs> it's the year. It's the year for being in a fight mood. I like it. All right. Yeah. Give it to us. Okay, so today we're going to talk about Article 15 as it relates to the Code of Ethics. Article 15 is one that we don't see a whole lot um, just because it doesn't involve the public. But what it does fall under is the category in the Code of Ethics for duties to realtors, to other agents. So Article 15, (laughs) I know. Article 15 states, realtors shall not knowingly or recklessly make false or misleading statements about other real estate professionals, their businesses, or their business practices. Is this before or after four white claws? (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking like I, reckless behavior reckless be, right start you know, right it, it, you know this could be done uh under the influence or not under the influence okay although one could make it worse you know if you want oh it's a lot worse specific right yes um so what we're going to talk about today is standard of practice 15-2 which 15-2 says the obligation to refrain from making false or misleading statements about other real estate professionals their businesses and their business practices includes the duty to not knowingly or recklessly publish, repeat, repeat, transmit or republish false or misleading statements made by others. So this is only if they're not facts. Well, this could be anything result around somebody's business practices. So really, I mean, if you think about it, unless you're saying something really nice about somebody, it could fall under this article. It's only if, what did you say? It sounded like if it was only not true. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because if it is true, I right there, there could be an argument there. Okay. So the obligation to refrain from making false or misleading statements about other real estate professionals, their businesses, and their business practices includes the duty to not knowingly or recklessly publish, repeat, transmit, or republish false or misleading statements made by others. This duty applies whether false or misleading statements are repeated in person, in writing, by technological means, for example, the internet, or by any other means. The obligation to refrain from making false or misleading statements about other real estate professionals, their businesses, and their business practices includes the duty to publish a clarification about or to remove statements made by others on electronic media the realtor controls once the realtor knows the statement is false or misleading. So essentially, if you then make a statement about a false statement about someone and you know it's false, you now have to, the duty also includes going back to correct that information. (laughs) I knew you'd like this one. (laughs) Again, I'm sticking to it. If it's actual facts, I don't see a problem. You know, I, I, I get where you're coming from because there's, there's situations where, you know, you know, that something is completely factual. It relates to how an agent conducts their business. Um, but, but it's, and and it's very hard to keep your mouth closed. I will say that. Yeah. Very hard. (laughs) But I don't think it's a violation. It's up for debate. It's up to whether or not a hearing panel will decide that you're up for that, that you're in violation. So it depends, you know, just because you and I might think that you're not in violation and I could, I could probably agree with you on several instances, doesn't mean that a hearing panel of five completely unrelated people might not take another position. 
Got it. Okay. Yes. So we're going to talk about a case study today that is titled Intentional Misrepresentation of a Competitor's Business Practices. Okay. So let's see here. Okay. Following a round of golf early one morning, homeowner A approached Realtor X. We've outgrown our home and I want to list it with you, said homeowner A. Great. I'm sorry. What's that? Great. Right, right, exactly. Hey, you know, bring me a list. Sign here. Right, sign here. <laughs> I'm sorry, said Realtor X, but I represent buyers exclusively. Then how about Realtor Z, asked Homeowner A. I've heard good things about him. I don't know if I would do that, said Realtor X. Well, he does represent sellers. He doesn't cooperate with other brokers. And as a result, sellers don't get strong offers for their properties. Later that day, homeowner A repeated Realtor X's remarks to his wife, who happened to be a close friend of Realtor Z's wife. Again, keep your trap shut because everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Within hours, Realtor Z had been made aware of Realtor X's remarks to homeowner A earlier in the day. Realtor Z filed a complaint against Realtor X, charging him with making false and misleading statements. Realtor Z's complaint was considered by the grievance committee, which determined that an ethics hearing should be held. At the hearing, Realtor Z stated, I have no idea what Realtor X was thinking about when he made his comments to homeowner A. I always cooperate with other realtors. Realtor X replied, well, that's not so. Last year, you had a listing in the MLS, and I spent months working with the buyers that submitted a purchase offer. You didn't pay me the offer of compensation, though. You paid another broker who stole my clients from me at the last minute, and all he did was submit a purchase offer. Realtor Z countered Realtor X's statements, indicating he had made a blanket offer of compensation in the MLS and that his refusal to pay Realtor X had nothing to do with him not cooperating with other brokers, but the fact that there was a procuring cause dispute at the end of the transaction. Upon questioning by panel members, Realtor X admitted he had no personal knowledge of any instance in which Realtor Z had refused to cooperate with any other broker, but assumed that his failure to pay the compensation Realtor X felt he has earned was likely how he treated other brokers. Oh my God. <laughs> so what, what, what do you think? I mean, okay, here's my first thought. Like he yeah. said, the, the um, buyer realtor said that the listing realtor, I forget X, Y, element OP, whatever, <laughs> said that they don't cooperate with other brokers. And right. that's a, that could be a fact. That's either true or not true. So if that was true, he sh- that's it, right? But it's actually not true, which creates his problem. And his, other statement, his, problem. Right. his other statement about which results in lower offers, you can't prove that. You can't prove any of this. So he's basing his, he's his statement, his disparaging remark. Right. He's basing his disparaging remark on one specific situation that he had where there was also a mitigating circumstance, which is a right. current cause situation. Which so this, this has a lot of kind of extra baloney wrapped into it. Um, it's not real straightforward. Um, however, you know, to be able to say that you don't cooperate with other agents, how are you going to prove that? You can prove if, it if the, if, if like, let's say in the MLS, it like literally says that on all the listings what, that you don't pay, that you're not going to cooperate? That there's zero compensation for the buyer agent. I don't even, in, in our MLS, you can't even go into the MLS and put zero because okay. the whole purpose of the MLS is to say is we are co-op, is, is the offer of compensation. So it could be a dollar. If you wanted it to be a dollar, then perhaps you might have a case to be able to say, here's all this agent's listings. 
they all offer compensation of a dollar. He's clearly not cooperating. Right. That might be, but you've got black and white. That's what I'm you've saying. Got black like, and white evidence. If there. that was true, or you could even, you could even say, now I'm, I'm assuming you're going to think this is walking the line, but let's <laughs> say that the, yes, it is. <laughs> Let me let you finish. <laughs> Let's say that the <laughs> offer of compensation is 1%. And in the marketplace, okay. it is common to offer 3% or what something different, right? You could say that that realtor generally offers less compensation when compared to everybody else. And that that's provable, right? So you could explain like there are possible ramifications to that. Maybe, maybe not. But that's something to be considered potentially. So there's two things. So A, there's no such thing as standard anything. So we have to say that, as, right. as, you know, for, for, for legal, legality if purposes. You, if, yeah. But you could say like out of nine out of 10 generally offer between this and this and you show them. No, but I would argue that what's being offered as compensation is being offered by the seller. It's not by the, it's not by the brokerage. So the seller is the one that actually determines how much is being paid to their own agent and how much is paying to the, the other broker or the, the brokerages. That's true. So in your listing agreement, and I don't know if yours are similar to, to what ours are in Illinois, but we actually, in that section that covers compensation, it says, here's the total compensation here. And now we're going to break it down even further and say right. this amount of that, you know, if the compensation oh, is X, you know, a percent is going to the listing brokerage a B percent is going to the buyer's brokerage because they, it is, required by law for us to have that conversation with a seller. Yeah. That's how ours is too. Yes. And I know that there's no like standard, but you can say there is like, if you pulled like a hundred listings and you said, most of the time the seller is offering this, but for some reason, the sellers that this agent represents are usually like based on the last 20 listings have only offered this. Now, but there's also nothing that precludes you as an agent from going back to that listing brokerage before you show the property and saying, hey, the MLS shows that you're compensating X percent. I don't work for X percent. I work for Y. Right. And you could renegotiate that. Yeah. Now, you can't do it after you've shown the property and make it part of an offer and make it a factor that has to be taken into consideration when a seller is evaluating an offer. It's got to be done before that. <laughs> Too many rules. <laughs> Too many rules. <laughs> or you could be, you could pull up the data and say that they, in general, maybe they do dual agency on a lot of their homes. There are a lot that do a lot of dual agency. Right. And that could, maybe that, that has pros and cons, right? We've discussed, I know you Right. Agency, yes. But like, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I'm a partial fan. <laughs> partial for fan. certain realtors. Um, <laughs> right. So like, I mean, you can have discussions, right? And Absolutely. That, that violates the article, but like, clearly this was gossip. Right. This definitely falls into the category of more gossip than anything. And then going back to the, you know, to the, the negotiating that compensation, this is again, why we have buyer agency agreements, because if the sellers and if the listing brokerage isn't going to compensate you for what you, what you choose to work for, and they won't negotiate with you, then your next option is to go to the buyer and say, hey, our right. contract says that I work for X. The listing brokerage is only paying Q. Yeah, right. I, I, I need, how, how are we going to come up with the difference? Right. And, and if you want to hold the buyer's feet to the fire, they're the ones that are paying that difference. Right. Exactly. That is exactly why we do a buyer agency. Right. Agreement. Absolutely. So oh. do you want to know what happened? Not yet. 
<laughs> not yet. Let me tell you. We'll let, we'll let everybody stew on it for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about a couple of our partners. So one is my coach, John Kitchens. And I think if you're looking for a coach and you're coming up with, you know, you're coming up with a lot of um, situations where you're not sure what to do, getting a coach is like critical. So like in this example, you know, if you had a coach, you could talk about like, what am I allowed to say? What am I not allowed to say? Because I know, I know like this agent does X, Y, Z, but like, is this fact, right? Or is this whatever? So he's offering a free um, business assessment and you would do callcoachkitchens.com and um, affiliate code fight club for that. And then also when you're doing a lot of deals and you need some administrative or transactional help, go to realsupportsolutions.com and you'll receive hundred dollars off your first transaction. And the code is fight club. So excellent, Rachel, what, um, what did they decide? We already know. <laughs> do you know, what do you think? I mean, it's clear. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was sort of clear in the beginning, but then it felt like when you were reading it, like the aid, the buyer agent was a little bit petty in his explanation. It wasn't based on anything more than, like you said, gossip. It was based on one experience, not, you know, the, the market experience as a whole, nothing that he could go back and prove, prove on in black and white yeah. and based on one situation that had other circumstances around that. It's petty. So. He's in violation, <laughs> gavel down. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so the hearing panel in its deliberations noted that cooperation and compensation are not synonymous, which is something we've talked a lot about too. In fact, standard of practice 3-10 provided that the duty to cooperate established in Article 3 relates to the obligation to share information on listed property and to make property available to other brokers for showing to respective purchasers and tenants when it is in the best interest of sellers and landlords. In that respect, the hearing panel felt that Realtor Z had, in fact, cooperated with Realtor X. However, to characterize Realtor Z's refusal to pay requested compensation because of a genuine commission dispute as a refusal to cooperate, and to make the assumption and subsequent statement that Realtor Z did not cooperate with other brokers was false, misleading, and not based on factual information. Consequently, Realtor X was found in violation of Article 15. We knew that was coming. Do you know, like, what, what is the fine for that violation? You know, it all depends on if you're a frequent flyer. Is it the first time you've been there? Was the public harmed? There's a whole lot of different things that go into determining what a violation might be for, for any particular citation. He needs anger management. He might need a little bit of that. We all need um, that. <laughs> right, don't we all? Anger management for, that's our next sponsor. <laughs> some kind of anger management you need it you too, know Rachel. I you know what I probably do we'll I, good, I'm we'll gonna go fully admit it you know but I think oh, where a lot of people get into a pickle about this is I have I have seen cases where and you know an agent will will file a complaint and in the process of their complaint list, you know, here, here's their, their information. And by the way, I know this because I've talked to other agents in my office and this is, this is something this person does all the time. Well, in doing that, you've just, you've just admitted to violating article 16 Yeah, because you are now admitting that you stand around the water cooler at your office right. and complain bitch, whatever about kvetch about another agent's activities. Yeah. So I've seen that come back and backfire. 
So it's something to be very cautious of. But it could they're, use, they're using that as, as a way to say, this is how I know this is true because I verified it with this group of people. However, however, a, that's not based in fact, it's based on. There is a way to like water cooler conversation, right? Like if you, if you found data that specific realtors were affected, you could go to them directly and ask. Absolutely. Well, and in that case too, maybe it's best to go to, um, to a managing broker and say, here's, here's information that I think might be helpful. This is what I'm trying to do. And this is what I can't accomplish because this is what I'm up against. And if you can, if you can take that information and you've got something to prove it and something in black and white yeah. with, you know, that doesn't include standing around the water cooler with a bunch of people talking about the activities of another broker, you probably have a better chance that way. But there is like a difference too, between like slander and just yes. like blowing off steam and like, yes, kind of like goss- light gossip with your friends. Right. I think there's, you know, there is definitely a, a fine line there. Yeah. To me, if it's something that I can prove and that I know is based in fact, and it's not just me complaining or venting about something that I'm upset about or the fact that I didn't get a listing because it went to so-and-so. Um, again, I've, I've had to bite my tongue on a number of occasions, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, sometimes it's just, Right. I don't want to take myself down the path that this, that this other agent might already be down and, and come off looking like a, looking no better than them in the eyes of the public either. That's true. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Right, right. Sorry to burst your bubble. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, all right. Well, I, know. I think that's going to have to be the end of the episode today. Yeah. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Don't gossip. <laughs> if you do, don't Right, don't gossip. Right, right. Just right. And don't, don't use that as, as, you know, evidence in a, in an ethics hearing, because you're probably going to walk out of there being found in violation of article 16. Exactly. Exactly. Or 15. Yeah. Something. Well, yes. Rachel, if people have a referral for you in Chicago, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone, either call or text at 630-542-8688. And if you're a gossiper and you need to get out of an office, come with us to EXP where everything's virtual. <laughs> Hey, you know what? That's a positive thing right there. It's all virtual. You have no water cooler to complain There's around. No water cooler. Right. <laughs> Everything has to be done in private. Right. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you can call me at 513-400-1691. Always a pleasure. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Talk to you later. Love it. Bye.